Get some recipes. Yeah. Yes, sir. I can't believe you've done this. Welcome to the Evolve Podcast, a podcast that explores personal evolution through our choices and overcoming life's challenges. The Evolve community is your ultimate destination for personal growth and evolution. True to form, I'm, I get to continue to be the dumbest person in the room. That's fantastic. Thank you. Did you ever get a, uh, uh, a quantum physical uh, explanation for how to uh, bake a meatloaf from a porn star? Bake a meatloaf from a porn star? So with that, um, we, we'd love to start the show by asking our guests what's inspiring them right now. Casey, what is it? Is there music that you're listening to? Is there a book that you're reading, a person in your life? What is inspiring Casey Ruff right now? Oh, this man. could be the whole um, podcast because he's inspired by everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, I guess when I started my podcast, it was important to me to have like a wide range of topics and I could, I could talk about anything. Not mm-hmm. monetized, not, don't have bosses like you guys, you're just doing your thing and interviewing anybody. Right. And so it's kind of fun, um, you know, to learn about things that I wouldn't normally press into very much. And I can just think this last week, um, Thursday, I interviewed uh, author James Nestor. He wrote um, the book Deep in 2014, all about freediving. And he wrote the book last year called Breath. And it's all about breathing, breath work, um, the timing, nose breathing. Um, So this week I was able to listen to his book for the second time and just relearning how important it is to focus on the breathing, focus on tempo, how it impacts your performance, how it impacts things like even, even your jaw and teeth. It's, it's so crazy. So that was super, super interesting to learn about. And then um, the very next day we got to interview uh, Daryl Bassard from uh, Redmond Real Salt. So Redmond Real Salt is my favorite salt oh, company. Yeah. Um, right. which is great because they're here, they're here in Utah. And, um, you know, he's really great at educating and, and they make a product called earth powder, which is toothpaste powder. And <clears throat> when I reached out a few weeks ago, I said, like, dude, I just bought some of this stuff. This is life changing. Like I've never felt more like my teeth were like always polished. Like I just got back from the dentist from a cleaning without that like waxy feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like that all the time. It's amazing. It's a great product. So we got to talk to him and I learned all kinds of stuff about teeth and proper teeth cleaning and the history of that. And you know, how, how these, you know, normal companies are putting, you know, foaming agents and, you know, they make them bleach white, which isn't normal. And like his product uses clay and it's, it's black and gets like charcoal all over your bathroom. If you don't close your mouth, <laughs> it's, it's great. So I, I, those two things, learning about those two things this last week has been really fun. That's really cool. It's I've tried the, uh, uh, what do they call it? It's not a toothpaste. It's a, they have it's a powder paste. Okay. And they have earth paste, which is like a normal paste. And I, I told them like your earth paste is really good, but the powder, it's, yeah, I've used the powder file. before. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yep. life change. Absolutely life change. You just get your toothbrush. It really is it amazing. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, it's it such a cool thing. I've never amazing. heard of that. And oh, you don't have awesome. all of the anything. additives, all of the extra stuff in it. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's great. And, and this, to Miles' point, this doesn't surprise me that there are a couple of just random ideas and random topics that are inspiring you right now. We could probably <laughs> stay on that question for the entire time. <laughs> 
<laughs> but we do have some other questions for you. And with that, folks, we want to welcome you to another e episode of the Evolve Podcast, a podcast that explores personal evolution through our choices and overcoming the challenges life throws at us. Coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada, the man that coined the phrase, what happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas, is Casey Mitch Mitchell. Welcome, yeah, Casey. Got, thank you. You got to be careful how you, you use that, that line, Mike draw some legal battles <laughs> <laughs> and playing the piano in nothing but his bedazzled bathrobe in Oberlin, Ohio is W miles Riley. Welcome miles. Thank you. The introduction doesn't get any better than that. My bedazzled bathrobe. I like that. I love it. <laughs> and sitting in the mountains of Utah, wondering why so many people drive alone in their cars with face masks on. I'm Steve Cutler. Today, our <laughs> guest is health and fitness expert, Casey uh, Ruff. Welcome, Casey. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be on. Yeah, we're excited actually, to have you. I actually saw so, somebody the other day with two masks on in their car, and they were the only one in the car. Yeah, that it baffles me beyond uh, uh, yeah. to no end. Yeah, well, only Casey Ruff. Yeah, I, I know it's <laughs> happening here in Utah too. Uh, Casey Ruff has been a certified personal trainer since 2007. He successfully ran a metabolic testing program for a large gym and oversaw 13 programs in the West region of the United States. Casey has multiple certifications as a personal trainer, lifestyle coach, performance enhancement specialist, and nutrition coach. With his nutrition coaching certifications, <clears throat> he specializes in low-carb lifestyles, including ketogenic and carnivore diets. Casey has helped thousands of clients over 14 years learn how to achieve their best lifestyle through movement, lifestyle management, and proper diet. He lives in South Jordan, Utah with his wife, Bethany, and their two dogs and cats. In his free time, Casey loves to cycle, play hockey, paddleboard, go jump in frozen lakes in the wintertime, and run a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget that one. <laughs> so if we have time, jump. we'll tell that story. Yes. <laughs> run and jump denotes that you're on a solid surface and you're actually going to jump in. It doesn't mean you strip yourself down and just walk down this muddy frozen path into a lake that should have also been frozen. That was a disaster. <laughs> it really was. We, I had a great idea one time Casey and I were hanging out at our cabin and I said, Hey, let's go jump in the lake. I've never done a frozen lake jump. We get down there, we start running towards the lake and all of a sudden we are literally knee deep in frozen mud. So it didn't wow. quite go as planned, but uh, <laughs> maybe another time. Maybe. So Casey, the other day we were reminiscing um, about a turning point in your life, kind of an internal conflict that you were having a few years back. Um, you had been doing a lot of research into this low carb lifestyle and you had to not only research of what you were reading, but you, how, what your experiences were and how it was working for your clients. Um, walk us through that transition and how did that decision put you on the path that you're currently on? Sure. Yeah. It's interesting to look back on and, and think of those times that were, you know, they, they were the most challenging, but you grew the most from them. So in 2014, I was hired as the um, regional metabolic specialist, which means I got to oversee the metabolic program, the thing I was doing, um, you know, the, the testing people's metabolisms, but by, I could oversee the programs in the West. And that means that I went from doing a lot of testing myself to 
I went to training other trainers how to do this. I mean, this, this was my dream job. This is what I wanted to do for so many years. And they gave me the opportunity. It was great. I did it for three years. And um, because, you know, I was kind of out of the club and, and traveling and things like that, my sales numbers were not very good. And so I ended up getting demoted from that job in 2017. Um, that same year, about that same time, I made, uh, you know, without that additional income, I made a paycheck that was like $700. Um, I was just about to get married in like three months and I, I had, I had nothing. I mean, I was in deep credit card debt. I, I didn't know how to dig myself out of it. It was getting worse and worse with the wedding coming up and I needed to figure out what I was going to do. And there was, it was a dark period of my life where there was a lot of anxiety and depression, I would say. Um, and I, I guess I just decided that year that I would, you know, maybe think about nutrition a little bit. Um, more seriously as a way to kind of bridge that gap. And so I started studying nutrition. I got my nutrition certification, which is this one right here. And um, I started applying it. It was, it was great. It was, it gave me another way to help reach people. It was an area of passion of mine, just like training was. Um, and it just gave a little bit more value to what I was doing. Um, but I, I was finding that it was very difficult. The, the principles in the nutrition certification that I took were, they, they were very good. And they even offered a software program that was also very good. And I, I spent a lot of money on that software, but the problem was it, people didn't do it. It's not that it wouldn't work. It's just that it, I had a tough time getting people to do it. Remember the Seinfeld episode where, yeah. um, where, where Jerry bets um, Kramer that he's not going to build levels in his house. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Kramer, Kramer comes in. He's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to do levels anymore the bet's off. And Jerry's like, that was the bet. Like the bet was that you weren't going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the same right. thing about nutrition. Like I'm not saying that the stuff that they were teaching us wasn't working. People just wouldn't do it. <laughs> so yeah. we have a coworker um, who decided to do one of our, you know, weight loss challenges that we were doing at the time. And, you know, we, I, I listened to his diet when we did his initial, initial consult and I, I heard his diet and I was like, dude, you're just, you're not eating enough fat. Like you need to eat more fat. Like you're, you're hungry all the time. You're eating a lot of carbohydrates. You're craving sugar. Like just, just whatever you do, just add more fat, whatever you can stay with a balanced diet. He came back like three days later and said, okay, I just lost three pounds in three days. What is all this keto stuff? And I had, you know, I've been in the, the kind of high fat, lower carbohydrate world for a while, but I didn't know as much as I needed to know about uh, being in ketosis, a ketogenic diet. I didn't know the difference between the two. And, um, I started learning more about it. And I, I remember, I remember people had already before that point kind of knew that I was that guy and I didn't want to be that guy. I don't want to be pigeonholed. That's the fat guy. He's the no carb guy. He's, you know, the keto yeah. guy. I didn't want to do that. Keto and Casey, remember, right? Keto Casey. Yeah. People started yeah. calling me Keto Casey. And I, I, I called you specifically and I said, dude, I, this is, this sucks. Like I, I, I want to be able to help somebody if they're a vegetarian or if they eat more meat or whatever. Like I, I don't, you know, really care. And what should I do? And you gave me the advice that it's okay to be different and you can be yourself and you can, you can believe in something and be known as that guy and be the expert in that guy in, in that field, excuse me. And from that day on, I just decided that I, my journey would never be complete, but my journey would be, I'm going to know more about this than anybody you can find. And again, I'm not going to get there, but I'm going to keep learning. I'm going to listen to podcasts. I'm going to read books. I'm going to focus in on this topic and I'm going to know more about this than anybody else. And that's mm -hmm. been my goal and uh, my journey ever since. And it's, it's really been 
amazing. It's, it was great advice and I will forever be thankful for you specifically for giving it to me. Well, I appreciate so that. Does this mean, you, oh, go ahead. I just wanted to, so, so does this mean like you, you've taken a wider stance or did it even narrow even more because you know so much about it? Great question. Um, my, one of my favorite phrases is the further away you get from the shore, the deeper the water gets. Right. So yeah. on the surface, you know, you're just looking at this one thing, but you, you go into that topic and now there's like 10 things and you can right. explode out any of those other 10 things to another 10 things. Like it, like we talked about in the introduction, we were just talking about breathing and teeth. Like I shouldn't know about breathing and teeth, <laughs> but that's <laughs> what my journey has taken me on. You know, I'm, I'm not a dentist. I'm not a meditation expert. I, you know, I measured breathing as my job. That's one thing, but, but yeah, the, the further you go, the more it takes you into all these different categories. And it's been surprising, but also really exciting. You're just always learning. It's great. Yeah. 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 And I, I, you've got a pretty broad approach. I know that you, you focus in on low carb um, and ketogenic diets and you're very well versed in those, but you also have flexibility in your coaching that if somebody comes to you and let's say that they are a vegan or vegetarian, you, you have the knowledge base to help uh, people like that. Now you and Bethany did, you mentioned the weight loss challenges before, and you guys put a plan together that you um, partnered up on. And I think between the two of you got more people signed up for the weight loss challenges. But from my perspective, it wasn't just the fact that you got a lot of people signed up. You had better compliance than almost anybody I'd ever seen doing these weight loss challenges. And you guys got phenomenal results. Do you have any idea how much weight people lost when they were working with you? What that, I know you were keeping track of the total pounds at some point. Yes. So yes. do you know what that total poundage was over all the different weight loss challenges that you guys did? Yeah, absolutely. So that was, that was after we had worked with our coworker um, who lost all that weight. He ended up winning mm -hmm. the challenge. It was the next month that it was gearing up to be another one of these challenges. And they, they come every three months and you have to sign people up. And generally speaking with short-term weight loss contests, they don't work. You tell people to meal prep and, you know, make your three meals and three snacks a day and put them in, you know, your, your, you know, plastic containers and try to eat those all day. And people would do it for a few weeks and maybe they lose a little bit of weight, but they're going to get off it eventually. We, we just right. didn't like doing it. It was, it was hard. It was difficult to sell people on this idea. And so we're sitting around, it's a Saturday afternoon. I'll never forget it in July. And we're, we're griping about this new contest that's coming up. And we just were like looking at each other and we said, why don't, why don't we do something different? Why don't we do something really unique? I can't get somebody to lose weight if I send them a hundred of these recipes and tell them to meal prep. It's it functionally, it doesn't work for very many people, but I can go pay for this other website, have some really great meal plans planned with really great recipes that are very easy. I can get anybody to lose weight that way. So why don't we just do that? And we created this program. We were lucky that our club was the only club in the region. We kind of flew under the radar. We could kind of do whatever we wanted. Um, and, and we put together the program. We also had the advantage of having um, like you mentioned, we had a scale. So we had the body weight scale that measured weight and fat. And we just tracked everybody. And it was, you know, I tracked how many people signed up with us. I want to say it was in the 170 people tracked um, in total. Um, I tracked how many people 
weighed out of the contest versus weighed into the contest. So that's compliance, right? Like we were talking about compliance earlier. We had a compliance right. percentage of about 65, 66%. So most people, two thirds of the people who started the program with us actually finished. And then we were able to- Which track- is unbelievable, really. I mean, you think about that. I know people listening to this, will they'll say, well, I've tried and failed on diets in the past. But that number for somebody who, uh, like myself, who's been in fitness for so many years, that is an unbelievable number, 65% compliance. Stunned. So finishing Stunned. a program, yeah, it's absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's freaky. It was weird. And then the other, the other stunning thing, which I, I would have at the time told you is absolutely impossible. We tracked the total weight and the total body fat percentage. So we had, mm-hmm. again, 160, 170 people did it, 120 people finished it. We had... I want to say it was 835 total pounds lost and 820 of those pounds were fat. Wow. 98.1% of the weight that we got people to lose was fat. Any other diet I've ever done, you lose fat, certainly, but you also lose muscle, you lose bone density, <clears throat> you lose water, you lose all kinds of different stuff. And using the scale helped us to see that this is a way that people can actually lose fat, maintain their muscle mass and bone density and all those things, which was great. And totally shocking and stunning to me, but also it was the other things that they were saying. It's like, yeah, I've lost, you know, I've lost weight, but my skin feels better. Or mm-hmm. my husband, he's not doing the program, but he just lost 40 pounds. Like all the stories we would hear about my digestion improves. I don't need my high blood pressure medication anymore. It was crazy. And it wasn't, you know, this isn't a randomized controlled trial. This isn't the top science that you could actually get, but it was a large group of people. Some were men, some were women. Some needed to lose 200 pounds. Some wanted to lose two pounds. Mm-hmm. Some lifted weights. Some did cardio. All we did was just send them some low-carb recipes. Don't worry about the science. We'll teach you that as we go. Just find the meals that you like and start making them. And eat them until you're totally full. That's it. You know so what I one of the things I want to make this? sure I point out in this, though, is for people who hear you right now, people need to understand where you came from, that you were a cyclist. In fact, you were a, a top you won your crit series um, in, and you used to be a carb loader as a cyclist, right? So this is not, you've not always been this guy who has been the low carb ketogenic diet. Uh, so if, if somebody's listening to this and they get through these first few minutes and they say, oh, well, this guy, he's just, it's a propaganda. Um, you know, you, you've lived both ends of the spectrum, I should say, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a journey. Um, I, I didn't go, I didn't go to this way of life without kicking and screaming quite a bit along the way. And yeah. it, it, you know, there were times where it didn't make sense, but yeah, I mean, I would eat, you know, four or five, six times a day. I need snacks all the time. I needed snacks all the time mm-hmm. I, between clients. If I didn't have something to eat, I'd be horribly hungry. My hunger was hanger. Like I, I can relate to people when they feel like at 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. their head is on their desk and they feel terrible. I know what that feels like. Of course, I needed to nap every single day. <laughs> every single day I needed to take a nap after work. Before my races, I would drink the sugary gels and goos and my stomach would hurt and my energy would be good and then it would crash and I'd stop at gas stations. My favorite thing, I would stop at gas stations and get those, you know, those red package um, grandma double chocolate cookies? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I would buy two yeah. packages of those with two cookies each and I would like free base them. That was like my favorite part of a ride. But then 30 minutes later, I'd feel terrible again. Yeah. Eating all this yeah. horrible food. Like, but that's what you did. That's what we were taught to do. And, and it wasn't until somebody helped me understand that there was another way that I even realized there was one. Yeah. That's amazing. 
So let's talk a little bit about that. You found your voice over the last several years in this uh, low carb ketogenic lifestyle. What was it? I, I know you mentioned before that there was kind of that moment where something clicked, but it, it wasn't an all at once, right? You know, you never find your voice all at once. What was it that allowed you to truly find your voice in this style of coaching? It's a great question. Um, it, it's like, it's like you said, it's, it, it wasn't, it wasn't one thing, but it was, I guess, I guess I have to say like being open and aware to new things as they came. Like, I, I, I mean, there's, there's so many points I could, I could think about. I'll, I, I guess here, here's a good example. Um, you know, early on when we decided that the rules of the game for us had changed with the, with the pandemic, um, mm -hmm. going to work was going to be a, an option, but, but we thought that the rules of the game had changed by so much. We didn't have a lot of clients that really even wanted to go back anyway. So we had to adjust and we started our company. And I remember, you know, starting a company, like I don't start a company, like I'm an entrepreneur now, but I'm not an entrepreneur. I've never been an entrepreneur, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, in, in all those years of personal training, you, you learn, you learn how to learn. It's yet mentality. You've taught me that it's mm. no, like, I, I don't know how to buy, like build a website, but, I can, I, I can learn. I don't know how to do accounting, but I can learn that too. I can pull up some YouTube videos. I can talk to some people. And I remember I was deep into all of that and learning how to do that. And I was listening to, you know, books about how you do your social media and here's how you do your SEO. And here's who's managing your social media. My head is just all over the place. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to call a small business owner. I'm going to call one of your former um, podcast guests, John Cottrell, mm -hmm. which is just yep. an amazing resource. He's done his own business yep. for a long time. It was a similar kind of business um, to, to ours, but he runs it in a way that I, I like. I like his company. I like his message. So he seemed like a good person to reach out to. And I said, okay, dude, how, how do you do your social media? Like, where are you posting like your LinkedIn and are you WhatsApp and all this stuff? And he's like, well, I, I just do it. And I was like, oh, well, how do you, how do you think about all the SEO? And he's like, well, I don't, I just make some posts because I like to like, oh, well, okay. Uh, interesting. <laughs> Tell me about your account. He's like, well, I just do it myself. Like, what do you mean? You're not an accountant. He's like, no, but yeah. learn how to do it. And he put some numbers in and it was such, that was such a great moment where like you, you can, you have the ability to do things the way you want to do. You don't have to do them the way everybody else wants to do them. You can, it is a process, but, but start by playing with your voice, say something, create something, make something. We're sitting here in four different places over a video that's going up into outer goddamn space and bouncing off of satellites and yeah. we're moving our mouths talking a bunch of you know garbage whatever and it's we're, we're making something we're creating something and that's what you guys are doing and that's that's where your voice comes and you know you just start with what you have and 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 make it yours and it, it evolves it gets better over over time it's great well, and it's really starting, right? It's the, it, it, sometimes we're forced into those changes. Like you talked about with the pandemic and you guys made the choice to not go back into the gym setting, but to start something new. There's a creative process that's involved there. And I love how you talked about creation and that where, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, you just start and your voice starts to develop over over time. Now, obviously, Casey, your your voice continues to grow and develop as you interview more people. I mean, your podcast, to say it's a success, I think at this point would be an understatement because you've got over 10,000 downloads on the podcast already. Um, and you're really doing a great job with it. 
And your dogs want to say hi too. Rex, um, Rex and Tucker have made so many podcast appearances. It's great. They just always want I to love be it. <laughs> <laughs> but with over 10,000 downloads and you've done, I, I mean, I saw another post today and I lost track. What are you, are you up to 60 episodes? I have, let's see, we have, I, oh geez, and even I forget. I think, I think we're up to 75 released. I'm backed out about oh my two gosh. and a half. Okay. Yeah, I'm backed out about two wow. and a half weeks. We release every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, yeah. So, so we're doing about three a week. Um, okay. Yeah, we just passed. I think we're at like twenty-one thousand downloads right now, which is great. Somebody um, amazing requested to be on our show and said that their booking agency said we were in the top twenty for health and fitness. So yeah, it's cool. Um, it's not wow. why we do it. Wow. Um, but but yet it's yeah, it's been a fun it's been a fun journey. Um, and same, right? but that's been like, a big I, part of your continued growth, right? Is you, you're continuing to learn and listen to and hear from people from all over the place. And it, it, talk about how that's continuing to evolve your your personal voice. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so I was just interviewed a few weeks ago on a podcast that's all about gym growth, and they mm. were into you know growing businesses and small businesses and how to manage your operations and things like that. Really good content. They reached out to me. I have no idea why they reached out to me. They, you know, I, we own our own thing, but, um, you know, they were asking kind of similar questions like how, how is your, what's your plan for growth? How are you going to expand? And, you know, I, and I, I told them one of the really hard things for people that are ambitious and driven, like, like Bethany and I really am is realizing when, when is it enough? When, are, are you always expanding and growing in one way where you're just trying to get more people and get more business and get more dollars? Or do you want to grow in a different way? Do you want to grow in a learning way? Um, <clears throat> do you want to grow in a, a time way? You know, like, like if I can work three or four hours a day with my clients and then have some free time, <clears throat> that time resource is, is that's where I want to grow. Like, that gives me time to learn new things and, you know, enjoy my time walking around the neighborhood or go on a bike ride. So, so it's difficult <clears throat> to think like about redefining growth. success. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. Redefining and, success on your own terms. I, I think, I think the opposite of like ambition isn't like no ambition or nothing. It's like enough. It's like when, when do you sit down at the end of your day and say that, that was good. I, I had quality interactions I took care of my people. I got to linger around a little bit longer, have a conversation. I got to host some incredible guest from halfway across the world. It's like a world expert on something. And mm. hopefully I didn't do a horrible job. And, and so the, the idea behind the podcast and what we try to do with Boundless Body Radio is, you know, I want people to listen. And, you know, every now and again, I'll check our numbers. And it's, it's cool. It's great. I'm, I'm honored and flattered that anybody would, would listen to me. But when I, when I think about growth as far as the podcast, I, I really don't care if people listen or not. Like I, I like the ability to interview Dr. Stu Phillips about protein synthesis on mm -hmm. Tuesday. A great episode. Yeah, it was, it was, it was so much fun. It was great. And then on Wednesday, if I want to, I can drive down to Springville and interview my grandparents. Mm -hmm. And, and if a company, if a company reached out right now and said, Casey will pay you, We'll pay you ten thousand dollars an episode if you if you spawn if, if you know rep our products. I would say thanks. That 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 means a lot, but no thank you. Like I will never monetize. We we want to be authentic. We want to promote the products that we like. They don't give us any kickbacks. We don't make commissions. We just we feel like our business right now is stable and stable 
allows us to enjoy other things and grow in different ways. And, and part of that is the podcast. I would never have time or energy to be able to do this. And so, yeah, we're, we're always, we're always growing, but, but it's, it's been a real weird mindset shift this last year to, to grow in a different way than I ever would have imagined before. Yeah. And then, and, and then they call and they say, give you a hundred thousand dollars and you say, hold on, I'll get Mr. Ruff. <laughs> <laughs> Plus I was like seven figures behind it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has their so, limit. Yeah. Right? right. Everybody's got their <laughs> price. Everybody got their price. That's right. Podcasting what, for me, of- I mean, I, I know you guys are kind of the same podcasting for me has been such a great gift to learn and, yeah. and that, you know, to sit even, I, I say this a lot, like, if you, if you buy a book, you get what the author thinks at that space and time, but maybe the next day they change their mind about something and you, but the book is done, it's out and it's cool. Yeah. It's, you know, good to learn from, but in a podcast, you get to learn what that person thinks right now. Yeah. And I just mm-hmm. think all the hours and hours and hours of content that I've consumed and things that I've learned from people that are now my guests, like uh, it's it's just the fact that we can do it and share with other people and hopefully they can learn too that that's all that's all we want that's great what what are some of the um the biggest things you've learned so far from your podcast i mean you're a guy that reads a lot you study you research you're practicing not only with yourself but with your clients on a regular basis but what are some of the things that have stood out recently from some of your guests that you've applied in your life or that you've applied to some of your clients that's a great question um i'm i think you guys will agree i'm i'm constantly surprised by how much i learn by re-listening to the podcast like once it's released i Mm -hmm. always queue it up with my podcast and I play it. And this is a conversation that I sat in and it had, like I, I was there, like I did it in real time and I listen to my podcast pretty quick. And so, um, you know, it's sometimes a little harder to, to get all the content, but I'm, I'm shocked that I learned something from every episode from one of my guests. Um, I, I hate the sound of my own voice and that part just makes me cringe to no end, but I'll, yeah, I, I'll, I'll even way. go back to an episode I had, um, a few months ago with uh, Fred Hahn. He's a best-selling author. He wrote the book, Slow Strength. He owns a few gyms on the East Coast. Um, he's done kind of a carnivore-style diet for many, many years now. Just an old G diet. This guy has been in the industry, like doing it right for a very long time. And he mentioned something. It's just the, the combination of words that he used were so interesting and it just unlocked a whole level of understanding even though it's something I kind of knew, but it, again, it was just the way he said it. And it, it took me not only reading his content, knowing other people's content, it's very similar, having a personal training background, like kind of knew these things, but, and, and even having the conversation with him, like it was listening to it later when he said, when you think about fast twitch and slow twitch muscle fibers, those are called fast twitch and slow twitch, not because of the speed at which they fire. It's the speed at which they fatigue. And I even stopped Mm. him. I had him repeat that slow twitch muscle fibers, fibers, excuse me, fatigue very slowly, fast twitch fatigue very quickly. But what that means is you can train in a slow and controlled manner and still build fast twitch muscle fibers. You don't have to just do sprinting or fast movements to develop fast twitch muscle fibers. You can move slowly, 
mindfully in a way that you'll never get injured to a very deep level of intensity and train all of the muscle fibers and get the best results. And so I think that's a good example of just having a guest just unlock something that's like, wow, that's brilliant. Like I've used mm. it probably 20 times with my clients since then that, you know, that, that exact phrase and the way that he said it's so good. Yeah. What a great takeaway. I know one of the, one of the episodes that I listened to that uh, really seemed <laughs> at least from my perspective and knowing you impactful was when you, um, interviewed Nina Teicholz, uh, because I know that she was one that, uh, in fact, you turned me on to her book early on in this. Yeah, there it is, The Big Fat Surprise. Um, I, that, that episode really seemed to make an impact on you. Uh, I know you've read or listened to her book several times. Um, what, what did you take away from that conversation? Yeah, so <laughs> I... <clears throat> I wasn't necessarily expecting this, but I was, I, I got through most of the introduction. So I handwrite all my introductions. I like to kind of piece them mm -hmm. together myself and write them down. I'm, I'm like, you look very tactile. I like to hold things, right. and have the book and write with a pen, you know, that kind of shit. And like, I, I got through the interview and it, it just hit me. Like I'm having a phone conversation with Nina Teichel. This is, this is one of the most influential people ever in my life that taught me more about this than anybody else and it, it just hit me <clears throat> hit me like a ton of bricks and I, I started crying I, I literally just choked up and you know we got through it and it was great and it was a really good conversation um it's 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 tough with a guest who has done a million podcasts <laughs> it's tough because they said all uh, of this stuff before they did three right. earlier today like so right. What I like to do is I really like to find something unique or something that's, you know, not talked about as much, a, a truth that hasn't has been kind of underlooked. And with her, I really loved learning about the process of going through writing the book, not just necessarily the content of the book, but what was your mm -hmm. what's your life like as you were writing this book and discovering some of these truths that nobody's talking about? You're going against the government and nutritional guidelines and people are threatening you and not doing interviews with you. It's like the most bizarre thing. And so with her episode, yeah, I knew her content. I have her book, you know, practically memorized. Um, but but it was learning about the process of going through it and how difficult it must have been. I mean, 10 years to write that book. At any point, you could have bailed on that. You know what I mean? Like, down so It was pretty amazing to listen to, yeah. Years. Yeah. Right, right. And to hear that story and, and to have you relate to it. I think one of the things that really hit me, Casey, when – uh, I was listening to you interview her was that you have for years and years had this belief in a certain lifestyle that, you know, living this spider web of health and fitness and wellness. I mean, people can get, they can go down the rabbit hole and they can get lost in that because there are so many components to health and fitness, but you've had this philosophy with how you've lived your life that, you know, when, when you were in a big corporate gym, didn't always match up with that because you wanted to be able to work and then go and, you know, go for a long bike ride and enjoy your weekends and, and when you're in a corporation, uh, that's not always the, the, the perspective they want to hear. But um, so I think that hearing her story, I could really connect the dots between the two of you because you have stayed true to that voice of, of the life and the lifestyle that you want to live. And I think it's admirable that you're doing what you're doing on your terms. So with that, I, I want to jump into the spider web, um, so to speak, that there are so many 
things out there relative to health and fitness and wellness, but you've broken it down to some very simple concepts. And I know that when uh, you've coached me through the nutrition coaching, uh, you, you, you've worked with me on programs in the past. Um, how, uh, talk a little bit about how you came up with this simple process that you work with people on, because you don't overload people with the, in, too much information. I mean, you keep it very simple. How did you get to the point where you could make something that is so complex, very simple to understand? Well, um, <clears throat> I've learned a lot from our guests about that. I think about um, Amy Berger, who's a nutritionist in the low carbohydrate world. She's got a real talent to, to take a topic like Alzheimer's or gluconeogenesis or, you know, really complex topics and explode them out into all these different things and, and be able to deep dive in each of those, but also wrap it up in a way that, you know, you could explain it to a five-year-old and they would probably understand. So I guess mm -hmm. I've always appreciated that you know, there, there is a lot of overload and we've talked about, you know, starting with where you are. Um, was it Bill you had on your show, um, from Terracor? Who did Terracor? Right. Yeah. Bill, mm -hmm. what an, what an amazing guest he was like, you mm -hmm. want to go to LA, start, start walking. You, you may get there and decide you don't want to be in LA anymore, mm -hmm. but I'll tell you what's not going to get you to LA and that's sitting on your ass. Like you got to go do something. And so people, people don't want to, I don't think people need any more complexity in their life. Um, although, although it's, it's hard to break that pattern in people because they'll say they don't want complexity and then ask you about Jamoni juice supplements and, you know, this, this <laughs> meal plan from ex celebrity yeah. trainer that they're selling for $5,000, you know, they, people, people kind of don't think it can be simple. And so I, I, I like to leave people with whatever seems like, is going to be the lever that we pull that's going to allow us to pull other levers. For me specifically, I have gotten more people to a better health by pulling the nutrition lever the most and starting with one or two simple tips. Like don't, don't count calories. Don't worry about any of this other stuff right now, but just try, you know, try putting extra salt on your food and see how you feel, or, you know, maybe add a little bit more fat to your diet. Most people are eating a diet that I think is just way too lean and they're walking around hungry all the time. And they don't fully even have, they don't even know what satiety or fullness feels like. They're just hungry mm -hmm. all the time. And so I think if you can work with people and build rapport and start with something really simple, then it allows you to work on different things as you go. And that's, that's what it is. You, you're never arriving. You're always, you're always on the journey. It's taking another step. It's like one of our favorite phrases that we talked about when we did book club from the Tao Te Ching. It's like a journey of a thousand miles starts with a step. Take a step, right. do something. And I found for most people that can be the nutrition world. But if you can unlock that, maybe their exercise gets better. Their exercise gets better. Maybe their sleep is better. Maybe they're exercising outside. And so now they're getting vitamin D. And so that's helping with their bone density. Like there's so many different ways mm -hmm. that you can go, but yeah, I really believe in working with people with simple tips that they're willing to do. And, and as a coach, I don't think of myself as I'm going to tell you how to do this. I'm, I'm just going to present some ideas. You could do A, B, or C. What do you, what do you think? Like, what, what do you want to do? Like, I'll bounce some ideas with you, but I, I'm not responsible for your health. You are. You have to take that journey. And so, again, I'll work with you. I'll show you some tips. But at the end of the day, if it's not easy enough for that person to do, they're not going to do anything else anyway. So. You know what's also interesting when with this whole idea of simplicity is sometimes 
when when you possess the ability to break down something into simpler forms for people to understand it and you give it to them, they think because it lacks complexity, it's not enough. Right. right. It's almost like to, to reject the simplicity because it's simple and not realizing that this simplicity is connected to the complex thing that ironically you're trying to get to. We're, we are so good at that. We, we have this bizarre lifestyle that we've never had in human history that creates problems. And so then we'll come up with these, these solutions to sell people for the problems that the very lifestyle caused to begin with. Right. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so weird. And so well, like, and it's, it, yeah, most of those are just band-aids. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So, You're not looking yeah, at the that, root cause. Yep. Yeah. Hey, Casey. Yeah, on, I mean, on, sorry. On your. Uh, go for it. On your, when you're working with your clients, uh, I think I asked this question to another one of our guests, but in a similar way. But what is, the, and it kind of goes on with Miles was just saying, but what is the typical, I guess if you had to put like group people in boxes of how your clients come to you, what is the, the one where, or what is the advice or how do you help that person get out of their own way? When they when you you can see that they have all the ability and 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 they can they can accomplish what it is they want to accomplish, but they don't know how to get out of their own way. How do you how do you guide them down that path? Great question. Um, that that's tough. That that's a really difficult question. We see that a lot. I mean, we get yeah. we get hired all the time by people who want to change, but they don't want to change. They're not they, right. They, we'll tell them something like, like if I ran into somebody, you know, we talked about like elevator pitch. If somebody wanted to know, if you want to keep it as simple as possible in one sentence, I would just say like, eat a lot of really salty, um, fatty meat, um, move, be outside as much as possible and, and breathe fresh air and just start with that. And then, and people say, Oh, but what about this? And what about this? What about this? And it's like, they're, they're, they have been taught that it has to be complex. They, almost it's a bummer because they almost like they want the excuses they want right. to be able to say well oh this program was so complex i wasn't able to do it so i can continue doing what i was already doing and it's mm -hmm. like so it's that's a that's a real that's challenge and yeah. yeah it's it's tough it's something we talk about a lot and again at the end of the day we are we are here to help guide people in the right direction and if somebody has questions and they want to work with us that's great but i can't i can't live the lives of my clients i, I can't I can't be them. I can help them if they want, but at the end of the day, if they yeah. go to swig every afternoon, they go to swig. I can't, I can't. I can't. So again, you, you work with people, you try to build rapport so that hopefully, you know, when they're ready to come around, you can be there to help them when they're actually ready yeah. to make those changes. Yeah. <clears throat> I think one of the greatest marketing tools of the <clears throat> false sense of dieting world has done is shifted accountability you hear a lot of advertisements. It's, don't worry, it's not your fault. It's your, it's your whatever. It's your sister's fault, or yeah. you know, it's your high school football coach's fault, or yeah. you know, it, you you got stuck in the trap of life. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. You hear that all the time. Yeah. And 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 I think, what are you talking about? Of course, it's my fault. I'm the one that decided to put the freaking food in my mouth, or I'm the one that decided, <laughs> I'm the one that decided not to go work out for a month or whatever. I mean, it's got it can't be anybody else's fault. So. Then, but then if you acknowledge that, that's also extremely empowering because yeah. then you can say, well, okay, so I did that, but now 
I have a new knowledge. I right. can, I can also do this. I yep. can walk to the mailbox. I can do a three hour <laughs> workout, yeah. whatever, whatever yeah. level that person's at. It, that's where the empowerment comes in. So yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah. I like that a lot. I like that. Great question. We we've, we make th- so many things so complex, and I think that that happens in many aspects of life. I mean, I I think back to uh, coaching people uh, in leadership positions, and if there were conflict between two people, and I'd have you know one or two of them come to me at different times and say, "Oh, I'm upset with this person," and I'll ask a simple question: "Well, have you told them what you're upset about?" No, I can't do that. But what, what, what if you could, what if you could just say, this is how I feel. Here's what my needs are. And can we talk about a strategy to help us meet both of our needs? (laughs) What? That works. Yeah. Why why don't you take a step and go try it? No, just keep going around the office and venting about that other person to seven other people. Don't complain. Because that's that's always a magical pill right there. That's right. (laughs) You you know, Case, one of the things that you and I talked about, um, because I got to the point where, uh, you know, I, I I don't know if I would say I felt stupid or I felt, I'm not really sure what the feeling was, but I definitely felt... Thank you. Yes, always. <laughs> but but I felt like a uh, a fraud and a failure uh, after having been in health and fitness for so many years, and I just kept gaining weight. And I kept saying to myself, "Well, maybe it's maybe it's my metabolism. Maybe it's something." You know, the what what had changed though was I just I had never really dug into nutrition at the level that I needed to. And when you and I started working together to dial in, what could I do to make those changes? It was so simple that uh, like many people, I I had to say, well, wait a minute, is this really what's going to work? And so I started going (laughs) to the complexity of it because that's just what I do. I think this stuff through. And then something hit me one day when you and I were talking where I thought, you know what, instead of sitting here thinking about it and going back and forth about all the science and the details, what if I just tried it and maybe this is going to make a difference. And uh, over, I don't know what it was, over a a year, I lost 17 pounds of body fat and gained some muscle. And it was all because of you and I talking, you coaching me through the simplicity of it. Because the part where I have a problem is I've been in this business so long that sometimes I have a hard time getting out of my own head. And it was that simple, okay, well, why don't you try just eating a little bit more fatty meat? And why not put a little more salt? So what are some of the... uh, hurdles or the obstacles that you run into when you're trying to simplify these things for your clients? That's yeah. Great question. It really well phrased question. It, it just, it doesn't seem, it seems too good to be true. <clears throat> I think about that with like the diet I recommend it. It feels, it can't, it can't have been hiding in plain sight this whole time. The way you eat there's no way it can make you not be hungry and give you lots of energy and make you not get sick because of strengthening the immune system. And then also mm-hmm. like cure diabetes and make your eczema go away and make your IBS go away. And like, it, does, it, it, it doesn't even compute because again, we've made everything so complicated and sold this idea to people that they, they need to buy a bunch of stuff and a bunch of supplements and they, you need all this equipment. I mean, if you'd have told me a year ago that we could train people effectively using like a few bands in a park and we could 
destroy people, I would have laughed you out of the room. I would have thought you needed a giant gym. But, you know, the more you think about it, like, <clears throat> when did all of this complexity start? What was our lives like Be before? We've talked to paleo um, archaeologists on our show. Um, they talk about where we as humans have evolved, where we got calories when our brains were actually bigger than they are right now. And we're going to drop an episode tomorrow with a, a fellow carnivore coach. He's in Portugal. The way he phrased it was so amazing. And I, I'm going to get it wrong. It won't be exactly this, but it, and, and we, yeah, I can, I can send the extra quote, but he said, if you can imagine a week, a week is a good time frame that you can kind of visualize as a human, you know, in a week's time, we have started eating like cereal grains, the way we eat them in the last like 15 minutes. And we've been counting calories for like the last 20 seconds. Mm. You're telling me meat's bad for you. Are you kidding me? That's how, that's what we ate. That's what we had to eat. We were large game hunters. We, everywhere we spread, we would kill off all the megafauna. And so imagine elephants that are massively bigger than elephants that we know today. Um, all the different varieties of deer and elk and that were way, way bigger because these animals were so big. And because we as humans were so good at cooperation, we could hunt all of these animals to absolute extinction. And that's exactly what we did. We could, you know, run off an entire herd off a cliff and then hike down there and eat one of those animals. But those animals eventually went extinct, which is why you don't have them anymore. That was at the peak of our brain size, which was about 1500 cc's. Then for some reason, we can't really figure out why we did it, but we decided to settle down. We decided to stop being hunter gatherers and we decided to um, start raising annual crops. So corn, wheat, you know, depending on where you were in the world was a different, um, you know, kind of crop that we would start making, but we would, we would now start farming. Horrible labor, very poor nutrition, but what it gave us was a storable commodity. So think about that. That's so important. A storable commodity means that you have something that you can keep for a long time. <clears throat> so now who gets more, who gets less? you need land, where are you going to get the land? Like you, none of that stuff mattered before. What about a government? What about religion? What about currency? Like all of those things come from our decision as a species to settle down and start raising crops. And, wow. and, and our health suffered. James Nestor, I, I, we, I mentioned that earlier. He wrote the breath breathe. He was able to descend into the quarries of Paris down where all the skeletons are. They buried thousands and thousands and thousands of people down in the quarries. And as he's descending, he's seeing skeletons from all different time frames, from the French Revolution to thousands of years back in the Romans. And he's not an archaeologist, but he, he said there's a very distinct difference in the skulls of the humans that are eating this soft food bullshit diet that comes from grains and plants versus the people that were eating meat in their proper diet were much stronger, much taller, way bigger brains. And so long-winded way to say like we make things complicated because we're trying to keep people in this system where we're lying to them and and telling them that they can find fat you know the best results if they get the right calorie tracker and eat these supplements and make these green smoothies like whatever like if you want to do that that's fine but if you logically think about how our species evolved especially when we're at our peak we were eating massive amounts of fat and meat and yeah. it's just that kind of thing that makes it so simple like you don't need exercise. You don't want to exercise, like walk around and every now and again, like go on a sprint or lift some heavy stuff. But 
animals don't exercise. A lion doesn't exercise. A lion eats a ton of food when it makes a kill. Then it goes and takes a nap and then it gets hungry again a few days and it decides to go hunt again. Like that's the cycle. That's what a carnivore cycle is. And that's who we are as a people. And the complexity keeps people trapped in a system that is going to make them fat and sick. I mean, walk, you know, you walk know what I heard? You know what I heard in all of this? It's really, and it's probably just another podcast is in, in this evolution you were talking about of what we used to be and what we are now, somehow we have to factor into that the, uh, the invention of the expert. Yes. Because the minute you factor yeah. in the expert, it takes responsibility away from you. And now yeah. you're, you're putting your life in somebody else's hands. And that the is the experts told industry me it wasn't my fault, Miles. Right. right. Yeah. It's the right. industry. And you the look specialist. up and there it is. Yeah. The specialist. Yeah. yeah. Some guy you know, in lifetime and, fitness, Steve Cutler, told me to do this and it didn't work. So <laughs> right. I just want another donut. <laughs> yeah, I love donuts. Oh, it's you know, Casey, you bring this up, and it's bacon. interesting when there's a uh, there. One of my favorite uh, great courses on the Audible app is called "Food: A Cultural Culinary History." You and, recommend that to me. I listen to it. It's great. Yeah, what I love about it is it, it talks about uh, what you're discussing, where there's an evolution over time of how we eat. And what a lot of people don't understand, uh, and, and I think they can get some great perspective from what you're sharing today, is that much of the way we eat today has been determined because of social mores and also dogma that has been out there, whether it's religious dogma or whether it's social dogma. Um, that has just been fed over and over and over to them. And so they say, well, okay, this is the healthy way of eating. And that's not necessarily the case. In fact, one of the things that fascinated me is we're looking back uh, in history is that many of different societies, different tribes, the way that they would shift the, their eating was because there was a person of power. It could have been a king or maybe it was a religious person. Oftentimes it was the religious uh, person that was in charge that would say, oh, you know what? God doesn't want you to eat this. He wants you to bring that for sacrifice. You guys eat that. And so then the religious person in power would take whatever it was they were bringing because that's what he liked to eat. And he would eat that and everybody else would eat that. And so it's amazing to think about the simplicity of how we grew and how we uh, have evolved, but yet truly we have devolved. We have uh, gone backwards in so many ways. Now, you mentioned before getting outside, getting fresh air, getting sunlight and vitamin D, and you really seem to be outside all year long, even laying out in your Speedo in 30-degree weather, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, and people think I'm actually joking, but I'm not. Um, no. <laughs> why is that? <laughs> why, why are you outside in the sun? Because don't you know that you're supposed to be slathering on? snow with my Speedo on. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's not a Speedo, Casey. That's called a thong. Oh, um, no wonder so many you, people honked. Exactly. Awesome. So, <laughs> so Casey, why, why are you outside without lathering yourself up with a ton of sunscreen? The, okay. The food thing is so bizarre. What we've done with food, the messages we have around food, it's just, it's wild. And people listen, like we've done it. We, we followed the advice and it didn't work. We did the food pyramid. We have evidence that we followed it and it didn't work. That that's one thing. The sun thing I, I can't believe this wasn't more obvious to me earlier. Um, 
how, how can you tell a human being that the sun is bad for you? That is absolutely bananas. We are, we call ourselves children of the sun as a species. We evolved right. with the sun and sunlight and telling people that they can't be out in the sun for 10 minutes without applying chemicals to your skin is straight up bonkers. I'm so glad I ran into the work of Nadine Artemis. Um, she, she is just a sun goddess. She has a company. They make really natural skin products. They do a great job. Um, <clears throat> and I, I remember listening to a podcast that she did on the go wild, uh, go wild yourself podcast several years ago. And she started talking about some of these things. I was like, wow, she is blowing my mind. It's so crazy. So, and I even, I even wrote an article about this. So every, um, quarter, um, for a golf magazine, I, they, they asked me to do some content and I thought like, Hey, it's springtime. This is a really important thing to talk about right now. Um, let me, I'll write an article about sunshine. And the few points that I made is that first of all, just that the, the, the idea that the sun is causing us harm in a normal human context makes zero sense. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, you know, here's, here's what we're suffering with. Like people have really bad immune systems. We know that, you know, the COVID-19 disease is killing more people that have vitamin D deficiencies than pretty much anything else. It's also associated with, you know, obesity and diabetes and some of those other comorbidities, but vitamin D is up there. Um, yeah. I, well, three, I said, three of the top four comor- comorbidities are yeah. hypokinetic related diseases. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Um, you know, I, I talked about how you know, where, where, where some of the treatments went, like we used to do heliotherapy, it was called heliotherapy. We used to do heliotherapy treatments for people with bone diseases, where mm-hmm. we would, we would take people with like polio or deformities and they would go up to the mountains in Switzerland and yeah. they would put them on decks where it's full sun. And as long as they didn't wear eye protection, that was really important. Um, they, their bones would heal themselves. Like that's definitely a thing, but vitamin D is super vital for, for your bone health and for your immunity and all these things we're talking about. I made those points. The, the title of the article was called wise interactions with the sun. And my point was not to say everybody run out into the sunshine right now, you know, midday sun, wherever you are, it is literally just to be wise about your interactions with the sun. This is a great time of year. We just entered springtime where we are. The sun is going to get more and more intense, but for now it's a little bit lower on the horizon start in the morning, get outside, uncover your skin, start to, you know, have those interactions with the sun in a safe way. Um, you know, if, if you, if you are out, you know, for a long time at midday, maybe you should wear a hat. Maybe you should use some shade. Maybe you shouldn't start with that, but maybe start with it, you know, early in the year. Again, when the sunlight is less intense, think about somebody like miles miles is at a much greater rate or or much greater likelihood of having a vitamin D deficiency because mm-hmm. he has natural pigmentation and he lives up North where there's less sunlight. And we yeah. know that that happens. Like if you live in Ireland, like don't go to Hawaii and lay out at noon, like be smart. And, and the other point that I made was about sunscreen last, the very, very last offense you want to have is with sunscreen. Sunscreen is a chemical. If you use a natural product, not a lot of people know this, but if you use a natural product like coconut oil, you legally can't even say that it's an SPF. Coconut oil has a comparable SPF to um, like an SPF eight, but you can't legally say that. It has to have chemicals for it to be called an SPF factor. 
Wow. These sunscreens. Know yeah, these sunscreens literally deactivate your own innate defense mechanism to get you out of the sun, which is a sunburn, which your body has learned how to do very effectively. You get hot, the skin, you know, gets red. That's all the blood that's coming up to the surface and, and your skin gets warm. And that's how you're releasing that radiation. Your, your body can do that perfectly well. But if you're using sunblock, you're turning off the UVB rays so that you're deactivating your defense system and getting full access to the more harmful UVA rays. It's bananas. And then most of the melatonin that people get, like the really harmful melatonin, that grows in most people, according to studies, in places where the sun don't shine, in places that mm -hmm. sit under fluorescent lights more in the day. <laughs> it's crazy. That's and then the other thing that absolutely just blows me away is that there is a chemical, one of the primary chemicals in sunscreen is only carcinogenic or only is shown to cause cancer when it's heated when up. It's heat yeah, yeah. Think about that. The article got rejected. <laughs> it's unbelievable. They're not printing the article. I got a reply. Yeah. He said, thanks, well, that doesn't, no thanks. That doesn't make sales go up. No, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Golfers, golfers are we're really cautious with golfers and sun protection and skin protection and sunscreen. And I'm like, dude, I, I, I gave you other alternatives. Like, and, and then the other thing is it, it goes back to nutrition. Like if you are eating a diet that is high in what we call polyunsaturated oils. So these are oils that come from seeds. So mm -hmm. fried foods, canola oil, corn oil, um, cottonseed oil was the original one that was made into Crisco. Um, any Mazzola BS, I hope they weren't a show sponsor for you. Sunflower, safflower, all of these oils that come from seeds are what are We just lost them as a sponsor because sorry, of you. I, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I lose sponsors on my show. Sure. All the time. Whole Foods is yeah. not coming on my show ever. Like, yeah. Oh, no <laughs> but if you're feeding yourself all these oils that are so ubiquitous in our diet, they are they are already rancid and cause oxidation. And that two-way mm -hmm. relationship that you have with the skin and the sun is it, it's going to cause problems on your skin. That it, that stuff doesn't easily come out. It causes horrible problems in your diet, especially with the skin. And that's why people burn. If you eat a natural diet and you spend some time in the sun, you get way more protected from sunburns. Like you can see my skin. It's March, what, 28th day of the recording. Yeah. Yeah. I already have a great tan. I've been laying out since January in my Speedo in 30 degree weather. getting <laughs> And you still shave your legs, I can see. I That's sure weird. do, absolutely. <laughs> but but I've, I've done the work for the last few years of being out in the sun that now I can be out for hours a day, full sun. I never burn. I never have a summer. Mm. And you base that off uh, diet and exposure. Yep. Yes. So things we recommend is start slow, start early if you can. Yeah. And it's, you know, springtime, get out. If it's summer, that's okay. Just, you know, go out in the mornings, practice sun gazing where you're, you know, kind of letting your eyes rest below the horizon and sunlight come through your eyes. We recommend that people kind of as much as they can wean themselves off of sunglasses, which mm -hmm. sucks because I love sunglasses. I have probably 20 pair of great mm -hmm. sunglasses. I never wear them. It sucks. <laughs> why, why, yeah. why, why would you not want to wear sunglasses? So, I guess I'll be careful and say that, you know, for certain situations, sunglasses can be helpful. And I think the biggest one is driving, yeah. but I just, I, you know, I, I remember always needing to have sunglasses and I, I, I really think there's something to having actual sunlight, the, the, the nutrients from the sun, probably 
tons that we don't even know about. Traveling through your eyes is an ancient practice. Lots of you know cultures did it and practiced it and talked about the, the benefits from it. Um, again, we referenced um, the, the, the polio treatments. It literally would yeah. work mm-hmm. if people were you know, keeping their eyes below glasses or, or protection. And so that's another one. Like it, it's not never have sunglasses and never use them, but try to get your eyes accustomed to the sunlight, the bright light. Yeah. That's what, what it is. Um, hmm. it, it's another it makes thing. A I, difference I, in your sleep. I think, you yeah, know, from absolutely. my perspective, Circadian if, rhythm. yeah. When you and I talked about that a few years ago, I got to the point where I stopped wearing sunglasses when I was outside more often than not. And yep. I would sleep better because I've got that bright sunlight during the day. Yep. The other thing too, you know, you're talking about vitamin D and the importance of that and getting it from the sun. What I think a lot of people don't realize is a vitamin D does not function like a normal vitamin in the body. It functions more like a hormone and technically is a a hormone in the body. When you're low in one hormone or when one hormone is imbalanced, I should say, there's a cascade effect. And so one of the things that I noticed years ago when I was having some health issues, um, you know, my testosterone, I had it tested and it was down in in the garbage. Uh, but the thing that was the lowest was my vitamin D. So what I shifted through, I think partially some of your coaching and, and another person that I was working with was I was getting outside more often. And once I did that and I started to shift my diet, but I was getting outside and getting sunlight, my testosterone went up. I did no, nothing else. I didn't do testosterone. I didn't do any, um, in, you know, injection or creams or anything like that, but I just started getting consistent (laughs) vitamin D and it made a big difference and helped to balance out the, uh, the hormones. So Casey, once again, real quick, what a simple, easy thing that lets your body just do what it does naturally, which is balance itself. Right. Like, go go outside that's free (laughs) you get fresh air you get to like collect as much sunlight as you like but no who's making money if you go outside nobody makes money on that yeah (laughs) be careful they're gonna start trying (laughs) well i'll tell you i've been consistently walking a lot this last year and i can tell you who's making money off me is the uh dog food industry because my dog is eating a ton of food now because he's he is in amazing shape right now (laughs) (laughs) well casey we we can put in eight or nine miles on a walk man he's not free so we're going to be sponsored by a dog food uh (laughs) bring on the kibbles baby bring it there you go kibbles and bits and bits and bits well casey we could keep going on and on and and i'm sure we will uh in another episode we'd love to have you back on again. Um, you know, as, as we wrap up, there is a quote from, I think one of our, our shared favorite books, the Tao of Pooh. Um, how can you go very far if you don't know who you are? And I think that you are a great example of a person who knows who he is, who knows what he is about, and you have truly made an impact on a lot of people's lives. So we want to thank you for, for coming on. Uh, and imparting some of your your wisdom to our guests. And on that note, uh, it's time for us to wrap up another Evolve podcast. Uh, Once again, we want to thank Casey Ruff for joining us. And we want to thank my co-hosts, Mr. What Happens in Vegas and the Robed Pianist. Uh, We've had a great conversation today, and we hope that you, our listeners, took something with you that will help you on your personal evolution. So Casey, if people want to get in touch with you, 
If they want to listen to Balanced Body Radio, how do they connect with you and how do they listen to your podcast? Sure. Well, thank you very much. It's been a real honor to be on with you guys. You ask great questions. I love your show. Um, I, I love the format where there's the longer form kind of interviews and the shorter forms. Um, yeah, thank so you. thank you for your content. You guys are doing a great job. Um, so our website is called My Boundless Body. So myboundlessbody.com. Um, they can connect with us there. Uh, we also have a Facebook page uh, by the same name, just Boundless Body. And then our podcast is called Boundless Body Radio. Like I said, for now, we're releasing new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, we'll probably just keep doing that for the foreseeable. Um, and I would just really like to encourage the listener, like these, to be a podcaster, you start to realize how much ratings and reviews really help. And so mm. like whatever you're doing, as long as you're not driving, like pull over, give the show a rating <laughs> and review. Tell, yeah. tell Steve and the boys, like what you think, like it's, it's really important. It makes a difference. It's, it, it's helped me to make more reviews on shows that I find really meaningful. Um, and I know that's something you've done for us and we really appreciate it. So for the listener, like add, add a rating and review, go subscribe. Um, this is a labor of love and it, it takes an enormous amount of work and it, <laughs> it's expensive. <laughs> um, yeah, but right. yeah, just, yep. it, it, it's a really great way to support podcasters. Thank you, Casey. Appreciate yeah. I appreciate that. that. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, Casey, uh, how do people find us at the Evolve Podcast and join the Evolve community? Well, before you find us, if you're in need of some sunshine and you find yourself in the Ohio area of the country, come on down to Vegas. We've got massive amounts of it right now. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> I'll do that. And, it, and, and it's not 110 yet, so that's even better. <laughs> well, you can get a hold of us, and we'd love you to always reach out to us and, and uh, leave us some information on basically what you think, what you're thinking about, how, how what we're sharing with you guys is, is helping you in your process of evolving in your life. Our webpage where you can go and join us is at evolve-cast.com. And then Instagram, we're always there at evolve underscore cast. We love to hear from you. Uh, we appreciate the comments you do leave and please keep it coming. So come in, come join the community and participate in all things evolving where we learn from each other all the time. And the best thing about it is everyone has a great story to share. So come be with us. Great. Thanks, Casey. And Miles, a low-carb lifestyle and a disrupt t-shirt work well together, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think so. Today I've got my, I've got my actual Evolve sweatshirt on. Um, my meal was I had eggs and sausage, yes. no bread, I saw that. no yeah. carbs. Beautiful. Tonight, mm. the dinner, I'm going to have a big old steak. I am going to have a salad. Yeah. But but what's more important is when I eat my dinner tonight, I'm going to have on my gear. <laughs> so everybody, <laughs> get on over to the shop. We have dropped so much gear now. Very glad Mugs, you're going to have something water on. water bottles, sweatshirts, T-shirts. T-shirts and sweatshirts that say different things. Real men meditate, disrupt, evolve. On over to the shop. Pick up some gear. Let everybody know that you are involved with Evolve. I love it. We want to. We want people to be a part Miles, of this you community. Do on that one. Yeah, great job, buddy. We want people to be a part of the community to uh, create a movement to help people evolve in their life. It's not just about a small change or a little bit of motivation here or there. We want you to get out and make those changes. So thank you, our listeners, for listening to another episode of the Evolve Podcast. 
a podcast that explores personal evolution through our choices and overcoming the challenges life throws at us. And now it's time for you to get out there and evolve. And evolve. Evolve. Thanks for listening. Join us next week as we talk to men's style expert and author Tanner Guzzi. That's next week on the Evolve Podcast.